Welcome to Ageless by Rescue. This podcast is devoted to exploring the science of rejuvenation, uncovering the most trusted experts, the must-have products, innovations, and technology in the field of vitality, aesthetics, new beauty, and cosmetic enhancement. Justine Cullen is an award-winning editor and author with almost 30 years' experience in publishing. Having worked with and led the talented teams of some of the biggest mastheads in beauty and fashion, including Murray Claire, Elle, and now as the newly appointed editor of InStyle magazine, Justine has most likely influenced your view of beauty and style. She is that influential. Starting her career as a beauty editor on titles such as BBC Clothes Show in the UK and Marie Claire Australia, Justine is one of the OG experts and tastemakers of the fashion and beauty industry. Her book, Semi-Gloss, is a series of autobiographical essays on life in the publishing world, marriage, raising four sons, and the behind-the-scenes look at the business of glamour. I have known and loved Justine since we were in our early 20s when she was the formidable beauty director at Marie Claire magazine. And this episode was a wonderful walk through memory lane and a candid conversation about society's evolving views and conversations about beauty and style at every age. There is a big difference between having a baby at 27 and having one at 42. can't even tell you. Yeah, I love um, that life experience that you have because there are so many 42-year-olds who want to have a baby and they can have a baby. Um, yeah. So, and also, you know, 27-year-olds. But I, I'd love you because, I mean, I don't know anyone else who's done it in the way that you have. What were kind of some of the markers that you really remember and that you cherish and you kind of think, oh, God, never again from each of the pregnancies and births? Um, well, I mean, you know, having having my children, it wasn't young. It's not young statistically to have a, a your first child at twenty seven, but in I my world, it and was it, very young. I never have occurred yeah. to me to have had a baby at twenty seven. Like I just no. wasn't mentally at all ready for it. So, well, I probably wasn't either, to be honest. But you know, I was there doing it, and I had I ended up having two under two under thirty. And, you know, all of my friends were still, you know, partying every night. And, you know, I was living in, in Elizabeth Bay and I would, um, you know, I'd go and have dinner with them with a the baby just kind of like in a sling and have dinner at Hugo's Pizza. And then they'd all go on to like have a huge night and I'd go home to change nappies or whatever. So, you know, that sort of adjustment was really interesting. But I don't regret having children at that age at all because I think there's something really lovely about having that energy and being able to keep up and and just you know staying young I don't feel like an older parent now with my youngest two but I definitely have less energy I'm more tired my older two boys complain all the time that I don't parent the younger ones enough because you know I was obviously I had more energy to be stricter with them I read to them a lot more I mean I still do that but but not as much you have more time I think it was good from a career perspective because I'd sort of, at that point, I'd done enough to have established myself, particularly in beauty, but um, not enough that I was at the point where it was really hard to jump off for a while. So I was able to kind of keep working at a pace that was comfortable and my career could take off after that point. All the success that I had in my career really came after I had children. Tell me why you wrote your book, Semi Gloss. It's a, it, like everyone was eagerly anticipating it, but tell me why you felt the need to write a book. And, and what you think are the highlights of writing the book and what are your favourite parts of the book? 
I um I hadn't intended. Have to you got the cover there? Book. I want to sh- oh. hold it up if you have just, it. Just just sitting next to me all the time. Yeah. Just casual right here. Um, yeah. So I hadn't intended to write that particular book. I had intended to write a book of sort of pop culture essays, and and as you or anyone who knows me knows, that's kind of you know my head is always full of kind of what's next and and politics. Which is what's and made your formidable editor? Yeah, I, I, lo- I like to combine it all. And I had this idea of writing a book that would sort of look at the times that we were living in and obviously, you know, first person and, and sort of interspersed with my experience, but much less intimate and personal than the book ended up being. Um, but I have said, you know, many times that I um, was pregnant when I was writing the book and I had just started a new job in a whole new industry and I just didn't have the mental capacity for that book and the research that would be required. And so instead, um, I found myself getting more and more personal. And I was also at this crossroads in my life where, you know, I'd just gone through some big changes in my in my home life. I had got divorced and remarried. I was having this baby. I'd left a job I'd been in for 25 years. Um, and And it became a sort of cathartic analysis of sort of, you know, I think this is something that happens to women in their 40s. What had been? and where I was going. And um, and so it became just sort of slowly more and more memoir-like and the publishers would call it a memoir. And I'd be like, it's not a memoir. So then they started referring to it as my not memoir. And, um, and you know, it, it's as part of that process of it becoming more and more personal, I think I really came to the realization that for it to mean anything to anyone, for it to have any kind of impact that I had to put it all on the table and I had to show myself warts and all that if women would relate to it in any way, they had to see the ugly moments and the mistakes and all of those things alongside, you know, where I'd come out the other side of things. And um, and I'm so glad that I did that because the best part about the book has been the aftermath of, of being able to have this direct contact with all of these incredible women who've written to me and told me their own stories or told me they related to something. And, and I have had, you know, like my DMs are full of people's secrets and women's you know the things that they can't tell their best friends or their mothers and it's been a really powerful experience for me to go from thinking oh god I don't want to write a personal story no one wants to read another one of those to okay there's there's a real point to this this is like you can help someone or you can um, allow someone to to feel seen through another person's story and yes that's been the incredible part of it. One of the things I really love about you is um, you always share the journey and the success of your best friends and you run in a pretty successful crowd. Can you tell me about your relationships with women and the women that really inspire you? And what kind of conversations do you have about, you know, personal development? What kind of conversations do you have around beauty? What kind of conversations do you have around relationships and, you know, who you want to grow into? I, yeah, I love my girlfriends deeply. Um, I wasn't someone who, like, I'm not friends with anyone still from school, for example. You know, I didn't, I never thought in high school that I'd found my people. And all a lot of mine came from those years as a beauty editor. You know, some of my best friends, Bronwyn McCann, for example, Zoe Foster Blake, um, you know, a lot of those women who are, are still such an important part of my life. And and those were it's my first industry. Years. I mean, when we weren't competitive with each other, we were all like tight friends. We traveled in a pack, we we partied in a pack, we mothered in a pack. So I agree with you. Yeah. It's actually 
everyone kind of dismisses the magazine or the publishing industry as bitching competitive, but it isn't. Yeah. It's super collegiate. Absolutely. And I don't think I realised how much that was the case until I left and, you know, I'm in a much more corporate world now. And I realised that people aren't all like that. You know, we um, in magazines, I think everyone was so aware that one minute someone could be your colleague and the next minute they could be your boss. What are the things that you have now added to your own kit and you are passionate about and excited about? Um. So, I mean, I still evolve my routine all the time. I do um, love a gentle retinol product because, you know, there is some stuff that just works, you know, that it, it works. And um, I love Richard Parker so much. I mean, what a God. Amazing. How can you, how can you not <laughs> be excited in his presence? I think that, you know, and the other person who always really impressed me as a beauty editor and this is going back years and years was Daniel Mays who was the research and development director at Estee Lauder for a long time and he was very much like you know I remember him saying to me once look I don't want to have a tone there's nothing that you need a toner for anymore but I have to have them in there because there's a certain group of you know rich old women in New York who really love them so they're going to stay in the range but that's not where my head is at now. My head is in, and this was at the point, I think we might've even been having a meeting because it was the first time they'd used an AHA in a product. So um, we are talking a very long time ago, but you know, he also, he, I remember him saying to me, um, you know, the most damage that you can do to your skin is, is by over cleansing. It's like everybody's over cleansing right now. And he's like, you know, and that's so damaging. And I probably took that a little too seriously, which is why I always went to bed with my makeup on. But um you know, I think that idea of kind of being gentle with your skin, using ingredients that work in formulations that you know are effective and packaging that you know is effective. Um, I think that, that you know, my, my philosophy on skincare is, is kind of pretty simple and it's also very sensorial. Like right. for me, I like a ritual. I want to feel, I mean, yes, I've got products that might sting a little and, and products that, don't smell that sexy because they're super clinical. But actually, I do like that feeling of, you know, inhaling a beautiful skin oil before I put it on and doing the massage and, you know, really getting all the toxins moving through the lymphatic system and all of those kinds of things. So I think that part of it for me almost means more than the efficacy of a product sometimes. Have you ever had um, genetic testing or do you get blood works done to determine what you need? I mean, I have had, I've had my blood done. I had a wonderful naturopath, um, David Jaban, who is in, in Randwick in Sydney. And he's really great and, and um, helped me like lose a lot of weight post. Uh, actually, it was before I fell pregnant the first time. It wasn't that I wanted to lose a lot of weight. It was that I was feeling kind of a bit sluggish and not myself and I didn't have a lot of energy. And, and he wanted to get me back to a place of, you know, real health before I fell pregnant and he did an, an amazing job. I would love the time to see him more. Um, but I forgot what the question was. Uh, do you, have you had genetic testing? Oh yeah. And, and, and no, I haven't, I haven't had any genetic testing. My son, my 14 year old on his 12th birthday was desperate for 23 and me, which I thought was one of the cutest things in the world. Did you get it done? <laughs> he got it. Yeah. What do you think is the most important aspect of reimagining yourself for the future? Do you think it's something that we need to consciously make space and time for? And do you 
do you know, do you have any kind of well-being practices or self-actualization things that you do or you've learned? No, but I think the most important part of of staying young and and staying yourself as you get older is probably just to be aware of that. Like I think a lot of the aging that happens is so subconscious, so or, or even unconscious. Like we're we're just we let ourselves become old before we're really aware of it. And I think there's really something, you know, the most youthful people I know, it's got nothing to do with what they look like or, you know, um, how they dress or anything. It's really about their awareness. And are you staying open-minded? I think that's the biggest thing. Are you open to generational shifts? Are you open to recognising that people are different? Are you open to changing the, the way we're changing, the way we think about things, um, our values as a society. You know, I think being being able to be part of or at least cognizant of all of those changing tides and shifting sands is, is probably the thing that keeps you the youngest. And, I mean, for me, having teenagers is what does that. There are times when I think I'm a super evolved person, but I'll say something, you know, maybe I'll look at one of my niece's Instagram photos and freak out at what she's wearing or something. And, and you know, my 16 year old would come in and be like, you can't think things like that, mum. And I'm like, oh yeah, you're right. Each to their own. <laughs> you know, so I think for me, that's the biggest part of it. Trying not to become a cliche of your generation or getting stuck in your ways in any, in any way. That's the most important part for me. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please share and rate this episode. I'd love that. Ageless by Rescue is brought to you by Rescue Me Academy, Reignite Your Relationship course. Love your relationship, but miss the early days? You're not alone. This course will teach you how to identify your issues, stop the fighting, find what you need to be happy, re-spark intimacy, and keep the lines of communication open. Join us at rescuemeacademy.com.au to learn more about the program and to download your first free lesson.